1: The Incomparable, number 685, September 2023. Welcome back everybody to the Incomparable. I'm your host, Jason Snell, and in this episode we have moved on from Superman the movie to Superman roman numeral two um previously on superman well we'll get to that there this this movie literally does begin with previously on superman let me previously on the incomparable we talked about superman now we're going to talk about superman Two. and here are the panelists some of whom you heard previously on superman others of whom you did not erica ensign is back rolling with the punches hi erica
2: Hi. Yes. Uh, previously, I was here talking about Superman, and now I'm talking about Superman. I. I. I I'm going to talk
1: about Superman. I. <laughs> I, 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 I.
2: I. I. Captain, Captain? Snell.
1: Thank you. Uh, Shelly Brisbane is here. Hi, Shelly. Hi.
0: I come from the planet Houston.
1: <laughs> that's not that's true so you come from the planet
3: austin right. austin
0: dang i knew i should have checked to make so sure close though so. it's, it's, like, it's, it's a moon of Ouston. just a couple hundred questions. miles
1: and a lot of traffic uh and david J. Lore is here hello david welcome to the <laughs> superman party yay
3: well this was the first one i saw in the theater ah. uh when it was you know and uh, i i Expect to express fervor before I say yes, because I expect zeal
1: before nod. Mm, oh, wow.
3: That was, um, that was a little ways oof, to go. Yeah,
1: yeah, that was a long, yeah. a long way. Anyways, but, Superman yeah. 2, previously on <laughs> Superman. Uh, but before we get to that, I need to say, this is a movie that uh, it turns out. So I, I remember distinctly watching this in the movie theater as well. Um, mm-hmm. it, it it turns out that the production of this film was A disaster. Um, What? They were going to make one and two back to back. They got so far into production that they're like, oh my God, we're never going to get a usable movie out of this. They commanded Richard Donner to finish Superman 1 and stop shooting things for Superman 2. And then when Superman 1 came out, they fired Richard Donner (laughs) and said, we're just going to use your footage and we're going to hire Richard Lester, the director of Hard Day's Night. And he's going to come in (laughs) and he's going to make... Uh, he's going to make Superman 2 and piece it together and then apparently Richard Lester was like ah but we must reshoot things so that I can get director credit for this film and so they reshot things and um, if well, you and know that it that was the guild that was the yeah. guild yeah, and well, so they didn't Richard, have to pay Brando well so yeah. there's a couple things going on here so among Man. the messes here is the firing of the director and the replacement of the director another mess is that their original deal with Marlon Brando apparently was to give him a percentage of the gross of the movies <laughs> he appeared in his jor so rather than pay him to use his footage in superman 2 they didn't (laughs) and they (laughs) and they took him out and they and they brought in uh they brought in superman's mom instead for those scenes and marlon brando does not appear at all in this movie so it was a mess from a production standpoint
3: and uh another big sort of mistake they made uh john williams after a oh, few yes. days of trying to work with richard lester went i cannot work with that man and left
1: yes yeah, so ju- this how do you lose john williams john williams pulled out and they basically just hired somebody <sighs> to play john williams music um, remember when we said
0: nice things about the score in the superman the movie
1: uh, episode <laughs> well, well ditto here because it's the same score because they it, just yeah. played it's it just different it's
3: inspired by <laughs> themes created
1: by it's very strange uh so what a what a mess um all of this there is now if you're asking yes there has been a richard donner cut superman 2 released it in fact even includes marlon brando because the brando estate uh allowed brando to appear in Superman Returns. And as a part of that, the rights to use Brando in other Superman films were acquired, including a re-edit of Superman 2 to put back as much of the Richard Donner footage as possible. We're not going to talk about that version of the movie because, quite frankly, I haven't seen it and it's not the movie Mm -hmm. I grew up with. I am sort of fascinated to see it, but I have (laughs) not seen it. Stephen
2: watched it last night. Uh-huh. Uh, after
1: watching the theatrical cut the night before,
2: <laughs> I opted not to. So I will only no, be talking
1: we, about we, what, <laughs> what we what are I expressly not talking about that version. <laughs> here, here. It, it, I have consulted my sources. It is available for people to see, but it is not the theatrical release of Superman Two that we all know. So that it's a, it's a bit of a mess. So the because of that, and because they moved a bunch of stuff around in the plot of Superman One, and Superman Two, as a part of the quick, we got to finish Superman One. Richard Donner, um. This movie has a bunch of things in it that are weirdly repetitious Mm -hmm. of Superman 1, including the entire first part of the movie, which does, Erica, it does make the credits more (laughs) palatable because. Sort of. uh, Throughout the credits, also you see. Scenes from Superman One. Hey, remember that movie that you liked from 1978? Well, uh, let's play parts of it back just to remind you. Also, I will say that the <laughs> credit, the, all the credits, now come at jaunty angles in, and are a little faster, <laughs> and therefore it's less boring to watch than the credits in Superman One. But still, yeah, I wish I, I'm yeah. glad that they stopped doing credits at the beginning of movies. It's really boring.
2: I had I had mixed feelings about it because honestly, uh, I mean, if I had not watched. This movie in such close succession with the first one, uh, I, I I think it's a great idea to do sort of a, a, a previously on at the beginning of a sequel, whether it be a book or a movie or whatever. Sure. Uh, I just felt like the way it was executed was not great. It was like a really bad 80s sitcom sort of previously uh-huh. on and the choices that they made and the way like... It, If I hadn't seen the first movie, some of those clips would not have helped me at all. So I feel like in order to really thread that needle, you need to show things in a way. And I think modern television, a lot of shows do that really well right now. um, show enough that even if you didn't see the previous episode, you kind of get the gist of what it was enough to go in. This was not that. (laughs) And it just went
3: on forever again. Well, that was the thing. It it was strangely repetitious Everything was at random, so it was like, why did you choose this clip? Why do we need to see the naked little boy again? Why do we need to see this? Why do we need... And then it just kept going. Going, I, I think it was like five minutes long. I don't know. Yeah,
0: and they're not focusing on things that you're going to need for the movie. I mean, there are a few no. things that call to mind Superman 2, but not a lot. And, of course, I, I saw it like, like Erica. I feel about like the same way Erica does about it. I just saw Superman, so I get them, get the clips that they used and the like. I obvi- I don't particularly care for... Clips that are just the visuals and not like, you know, if you, no, God forbid we should do scenes literally previously on and have three or four scenes, but at the same time, just the visuals without any sort of story stuff. If you haven't seen Superman in, say, a couple of years because this is that 1980 and that's 1978, Mm -hmm. it's not all that
1: helpful. Just trying to, you know, like it's a weird kaleidoscopic kind of like, ah, things happen in Superman you may remember. Also, Mm -hmm. remember that Superman the The motion picture begins with the sentencing of general Zod uh and his two cronies to the Phantom zone, which we get again here uh also they they they're committing a crime by i don't know tiptoeing into some place and then being captured, which is the least dramatic
0: right. Uh, what did they do? They didn't remind us tiptoed of that. into I... a place. Right. It wasn't even in the first
2: movie, so I was nope. really confused by that. And right. the sentencing was not quite exactly the nope, same; not like the they same. didn't say the same well, thing. So it no wasn't Brando. really previously on. It That's was right. like retconning on. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. No, Brando. Yeah, and 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 basically, Jaws comes in and twists some guy's neck, and then they immediately are lit up and captured. Yep. It's like okay. Yep. And yes, yeah, yeah, so I'm going to call him Jaws for the whole movie. Okay. Or the whole show. Was cause... he the
2: voice of the shark in uh, in the Spielberg film? <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, he was the voice of Jaws in the, the Bond film. No, that's not... That's not... No, <laughs> no. So, okay. this. So this, this is a weird weird movie already. All of these sorts of things. I, I'm also going to point out, like, we talk about other differences between. One of the things I really liked, and if, for, you's, for you who did not h- listen to our episode about Superman, we didn't like it. We didn't think it was very good, although it has some nice parts in it. We didn't love it. Shelley was... More measured with her criticism than the rest of us were. <laughs> Indeed, but one of the things. But not that I, a super
0: fan, not, not an apologist by any ironically, means. Ironically, super fan,
1: hmm? right? Not <laughs> having been
3: on that one and having seen Superman after Superman two, uh, yeah. It even even at the time, it was sort of like gee,
1: this should have been really good, but it has great things in it. I have, I, yeah, I have mem- good memories of it. And the point was like, I, I, the things I remember were the only good things in it and the rest of it I suppressed. <laughs> but what I want to say about Superman 2 is one of the things I liked about Superman 1 was that gritty 70s, dirty, smelly, scummy yeah. New York <laughs> yes. that was Metropolis. And here only, I, I watched this movie and I was like, wow, this this Metropolis stuff a lot of it seems really boring and doesn't have any of the flavor of the others and the way it's shot and the way it's lit and it turns out then I discovered they mostly shot it on a sound stage uh, which they didn't do for the first movie the the city stuff and and that's why it seems flat is because it was it was mm. fake and it doesn't feel it does not have that that uh that gross New York 70s grit <laughs> that <laughs> was a nice character in Superman I thought to, that and, Metropolis and- was like that
3: Everything seems to take place on the exact same block well because they I only mean, had the one right how <laughs> many times do you see the Omni sign and
1: the JVC yes and and, you
2: know. and that guy selling fruit
1: yes yeah. fruit cart there's always yeah. a fruit cart. that always gets overturned also I'll <laughs> point out that because I had to look this up because it's very clear that this is true but uh, but I wanted to look it up that yes indeed Superman 2 a movie theoretically for children was the subject of tens of thousands of dollars. Of product placement for oh, yeah. Marlboro cigarettes, they they designed a truck with the logo on it. There were there are no Marlboro delivery trucks apparently because that's when the gangsters know to rob your truck, so they don't <laughs> put labels on them. And uh and there and it's throughout. There's a billboard. There's a pack of them on Lois's desk. Like in the first movie, apparently there was a more under the table kind of. They supplied. Them cigarettes for Lois Lane in this movie. No, 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 it was let us write you a check, and in return, no more of those lines about lung cancer. <laughs> oh. Seriously, yep, yeah. So, I did notice boo. like there's a
2: nice close up <laughs> of like just she's, she's just smoking like a chimney. Uh-huh. And I mean, oh, yeah. it wasn't even just Marlboro because there's like the Coca Cola sign. Oh, yeah, and I just a lot of felt like it was, a lot this of was the,
3: way more Kentucky Fried yeah. Chicken, oh, but the, the,
1: that made me hungry. But the but the <laughs> the one, the, like for a movie, it's for the kids. And I'm like, wow, amazing! So that's not cool. And that was on that fakey sound stage too. There's like Superman yeah. Yeah. F- falls into the the Marlboro truck at one point, and and, there's
3: all and I that. was I was amused that within all the all the product placement, the bus had this big banner for Evita, the
1: android web Yes,
0: that's right.
3: <laughs>
1: which. That's a little weird, but okay. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, why not? I mean, not everything's product placement. Some things are just strange. Uh, I actually (laughs)
0: happened to have been in New York in the summer of 1980 and remember Evita being everywhere. Mm. Oh,
1: yeah. So there you go. Yeah. How do we make this feel like uh, New York? Or, I mean, metropolis, but it's just New York. We all admit (laughs) it. It's just New York. So... Um, lots of things about this movie are weird and connected to the fact that it was sort of shot and then reshot around the first movie and after the first movie and all of that. And apparently if you look and you're a continuity kind of person, you can tell like literally the, the in the same scene, the actors look different from shot to shot. Sometimes I don't really pick up on that. I'm kind of going with the storyline. It's fine. Whatever. I get reshoots happen. It It's fine. Mm-hmm.
3: The, the one scene where I really noticed it is the final scene where, where Uh, Lois's hair keeps changing Lois have their thing The hair keeps changing Their complexions keep changing
1: yeah, there are it's couple, a couple little disturbing. There are a couple well, of scenes. We lost Gene
0: Hackman at some point, yes. so he's got stunt doubles and his vo- voiceover from somebody else. Yeah, yeah. There, there's place. several
1: moments where it's like, why is Lex standing with his back to the camera? And the answer is because <laughs> that's not Gene Hackman. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's covered fairly well, but once you know, you yeah, you, it's you not know.
0: right. It's not egregious. I I read it after I had seen it, and I honestly yeah. had didn't notice when I was watching because there were so many other things to notice.
3: Well, and I was going to say, speaking of like voiceover, like replacing things uh there's one guy in uh that country town the, the guy who goes like girl or no girl we're gonna talk or whatever i would swear that's lance legault's voice Could be. i've seen so much magnum and so much a team that has to be
1: lance yeah, legault i mean bring it i can't, I can't, it I can't do find some, any proof of it do some but. looping why not yeah yeah so um this this plot of the movie I would argue, is, I mean, it's, it's a, in some ways, a plot. I think it's, there's a lot, but in some ways, I think if I uh, can summarize it, I think it's more complex and interesting and a little less silly than the plot of the first movie. Because the fa- plot of the first movie is really all right, it's there's a not. planet. That Goes on for a while, and it's like okay, and then there's a kid, and that goes on for a while, and it's like, and now he's in Metropolis and he's Superman. It's like, finally, right? Um, and then let, there's a guy with a plan to launch nuclear missiles and make beachfront property, okay, fine. But this, this, the idea here is that uh, there's an opening, James Bond esque, I would say, uh, opening scene where uh, terrorists have an uh, an H bomb at the Eiffel Tower, and Lois is the, sneaking into the Eiffel Tower, like in the using like the barest minimum of subterfuge, like look over there. And then she runs into the Eiffel tower. Uh, Superman saves the day. He throws the H bomb into space. Um, hooray. Uh, but, but space being a very small a uh, place where everything is right <laughs> next to one another shatters. The explosion of the H bomb shatters the containment of the Phantom Zone. Thereby I think it got releasing... caught in the
2: uh, in the wake of the meteor, you know, years ago, and it is it is uh, just yeah, gotten, uh, yeah. of of, yeah. Yeah. of, of right. Clark's the space spaceship.
1: Wake. Oh, we can headcanon this thing. I just I like oh, that. Totally. Even <laughs> Erica, even with that, many yep. years later, if they're floating uh-huh. around in space, they happen to be right by where the nuclear explosion uh-huh. is. Okay, it's a very and precise weight. Just, it just—it just made me laugh. It's like, oh, sure, of course, it's there. Space isn't big enough for it not to be there. Uh, space is not one of the larger things in the universe. You know, it's actually <laughs> quite small. So, uh, so they're they're released these villains from the Phantom Zone, Kryptonian villains, and under the under the yellow sun of Earth, of course, they've got all the Superman powers. So they are—that's bad. They do some shenanigans for a lot of the movie. They go kill a bunch of astronauts on the moon. Uh, they they go to a little. Yeah, wait. Can, can town. I ask my question about yes. about the,
2: the Houston thing there? Yes. Okay, so they they say Houston. But why? Because don't they know that word because they heard the guy saying Houston
1: we yes. have a
0: problem? Um right. so
1: You would you would think. Well, because there's They're no that, air okay. on the moon, so they didn't hear it very well. But they did right. hear I mean, it
0: very I, I let that pass because you could hear something in a language you don't speak. Of course they speak English perfectly for the rest of the movie. <laughs> uh, and you could make a mistake like that.
1: Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. It, it's one of those things where they hear they they hear it and yet they don't perfectly repeat it. But it is Got it. It, it does lead to a, I think a very funny joke, which is that they think the planet is named Houston because all the astronauts yeah. are saying Houston, Houston. There's people Solid. killing us up here, Houston. Um, so they they do that and they go to so there's this whole side plot. For a long time in the movie where the super people are very, very, very slowly making their way from space to the moon to the outer reaches of Texas to eventually the White House takes a long time for them to get there. Meanwhile, Clark and Lois have been set on a cute uh, trip to Niagara Falls to uncover some sort of Niagara Falls scam. Big Canadian flag. I thought of you, Erica.
2: Yeah, I mean, we have. There was a lot of CanCon in the uh, in the first one because you know the, the, the Kansas was actually Alberta. Oh, I also forgot to mention <laughs> that my friend Chris from the Radio Free Scarrow podcast, his grandpa d- was the engineer that drove that train
1: <laughs> It was in the
2: first hey, movie. Oh. So, so <laughs> a little bit a little bit of CanCon. So then, as, as soon as it's, Niagara Falls popped up again, I was like, sweet, a little so bit more. So does the Can
1: in CanCon stand for Kansas or Canada? <gasps> yes, oh, It
2: depends on. <laughs> it's
1: yes, both. Yeah, can-can-con. It's <laughs> what it is, Erica. Can-can-con. You heard it here first. So, uh, yes, they're 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 in Niagara Falls. Hooray for Canada! They're going to blow the lid off of this. Hotels exploiting honeymooners <laughs> with scams story you have means- to
2: pay so much extra for those pillars that are made of like lava lamp i would i would mm. i would get scammed for those i would absolutely take that also scam.
0: poor lois lane who was while she was hanging from the eiffel tower elevator thinking i'm going to win the pulitzer prize now she's in niagara falls like, finding out about honeymoon <laughs> scams
1: yeah she actually <laughs> says nobel prize which is not a thing journalists can win right no yeah, right
3: but this this Strange. hotel room this this honeymoon suite they go to it's like something out of a Blake Edwards movie.
1: Yes. It's yeah, amazing. I was waiting for the doors to open and the and the farce to begin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right? but, but the farce- Or, or uh,
3: Dudley Moore's bedroom in foul
1: play. The, the farce is that, you know, Lois and Clark ha- have to pretend to be together. And of course, that's- And I like the emotional baggage of this, because this is the whole idea of like, oh, I can't reveal my true identity to her. I love her, mm-hmm. but she loves Superman. And I am Superman, but I can't tell her. Like, that's- kind of funny and yeah. I thought not handled in a it's not handled in a gross way I mean he does sort of sit on the bed and say we've got to talk about the sleeping arrangements and her response is well it's it's very simple you'll sleep on the couch and he's like uh wah what right like okay, I'll do that <laughs> but um anyway there the, a kid. A, a, a dumb kid uh, f- <laughs> does shenanigans on the bars on the other side of the bars and falls to his death at Niagara Falls. But no, Superman, who happens to be passing by, saves him, which leads Lois to think, you know. Hey.
0: I like how long that whole thing took, though, because he got up on the bars and then he goes down in the water. And it seems like it takes forever to superman for Superman yeah, to arrive. Of course, Superman has the gift of it time does, travel, as we found out last time.
1: He does. Also, it just seems like it takes forever because yes. time stops when you're in the moment of terror as a child is falling. to Sure. Death. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Right. Um, so anyway, uh, also Clark had to clean off his glasses from the splash from Niagara Falls. And she's like, hey, wait a second. Like that was suddenly the big idea. Anyway, she starts. Lois gets the idea. You know what? I think Clark Kent is Superman. Um, and he's like off buying her a hot dog or something. And he's like, oh, hot dogs, Lois. I got you some hot dogs. He's like, I don't and believe orange it. Juice. And orange juice, of course. I don't believe it. You're, you're Superman. You're really Superman. And she's like on the case now.
3: That, that is a lovely plot line, though. I, I, I do enjoy that because yeah. it is. You, you've always been like, they look alike. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> and, and one thing I realized, I don't think I've really watched one of these in probably over 40 years. Um, and and when he's doing Clark, especially in the beginning and at the end, um, his voice it's like Gary Berghoff doing Kermit the Frog. It's kind <laughs> mm-hmm. of amazing. We, we say
1: very Kermit-y. His voice, yeah, and and Christopher Reeve does some great stuff with his posture. Oh, yeah, when he's Clark Kent, like it's you can. It's not just the you know the, the, the face the with the glasses on it. it yeah. There's more going yeah. he on does a there. Great you can see it more
0: in this movie than in, I think we all admired how he did it in the previous movie. In the previous movie, you sort of have more Superman acting as a human than Clark Kent. The Clark Kent bits are not that extensive. In this movie, you get more Clark Kent. And I would argue that his Superman, uh, where he's adjacent to Clark Kent, is. and and I'm not even talking about the weakened Superman, but he is a little less Superman and a little more Clark Kent, even in those parts Mm, of the movie. I I don't think it's bad but you know but but you can sort of see them as more the same than i think in the first movie where it really there is some sort of transformation that goes on between Clark and Superman in the first movie that is a little less uh bright the line is a little br- less bright in this movie hmm. this episode is brought to you by Philo do you love tv do you love saving money then Philo is your solution And the best part, you can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month.
1: So in the end, what happens is that she's got this whole plan. She's going to just jump in. Into the water and head for the falls and that's he, bold. And, he, and he's gonna have to. I was to gonna save say, her. I'm sure that's not
0: cold at all. And, he, in and instead, what's she wearing? Like <laughs> uh,
1: he he uses his heat vision to drop a branch. And it's like Lois, get the branch. And she gets the branch. And he comes down and she pulls him in the water. And uh, Superman didn't come. And it's fine. Ha ha. He finally did it. And then of course when they're back uh, drying off at the at the honeymoon suite, he trips and falls and puts his hand in the fire and uh, the and, oddly placed fire and is yes and is un. <laughs> scathed at which point she realizes it and she says i think what i was thinking which is this is essentially self-sabotage right you must have subconsciously wanted to reveal yourself here because of all the times we know you're not really clumsy uh, of all the times to do this so the 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 cat is out of the bag so we other have this whole other big storyline which is clark has revealed himself to lois uh and they're in the perfect place for it—the honeymoon suite in Niagara Falls. But he takes her to the Fortress of Solitude and shows him about his history as a an alien who lives in a little crystal I, house I have a quick at the question North Pole. the <laughs> yes. Fortress of Solitude.
0: In the first movie, was it not in Antarctica as opposed to the Arctic? No, it was I would in the Arctic. No, yeah, it. Yeah, it was in the Arctic. Okay. Yeah. All right. I because some reason I remembered that it was Antarctica. Okay. Pardon me for interjecting Pro- my own errors into the movie. <laughs> probably
1: also Canada, honestly, since the North Pole. Probably. Is, is oh, of just course. A, Let's just assume absolutely. it's Canada. It, it's North Pole is is essentially ocean, so it's probably just the far mm-hmm. reaches of northern Canada that he. He's and, going
3: absolutely. To. And I mean, a fortress of solitude in the Arctic was
1: ripped off from Doc Savage. Yeah. Oh just well, saying. take that, Schuster and Siegel, or whoever yeah. wrote well, that I think, story. I think it was
3: after them. No, they yeah. they didn't create the Fortress of Solitude.
1: Right. Take that, DC Comics. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. So. All right. So the the <laughs> here's a part of the plot I have a problem well, with. And and uh, so he
3: takes her from a tacky honeymoon suite to a really elegant one. Look at it that one
1: <laughs> The Fortress of Solitude. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sure. So all right. So the 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 key the part of the plot here is for reasons, and <laughs> I, I have a lot yes. of issues with these reasons. I yes. actually love. Uh, just to reveal what I think about this movie, I actually really love a lot of the details of the movie. I don't love the reasons why the details happen. And mm. so here we we'll are, say. which is, uh, they ha- he has his interactive AI based crystal based thing database that doesn't show Marlon Brando. Cause otherwise he's going to come for money, but shows it's his mom. mom. I, I mean, Marlon Brando takes a lot more
3: operating memory. Yeah. So yeah. To, to run it.
1: that. So uh, in it's talking to his he's talking to his mom or the virtual representation. And one of the things that that he says is I'm in love with Lois Lane and um, I I want to be with her. And his mom says, well, if you want to be with a human woman and I and I strongly advise against it, stand in this <laughs> chamber and lose all your powers and then you can live among the humans. I have issues with this. Yep. Why <laughs> why is it necessary to not be Superman if you're in love with Lois Lane? They no reasons are given just Emily it's like she's answering the question, maybe the database is very limited. It's like she's answering the question, <laughs> "I've decided to be human and not be a superperson anymore. Can you help with that?" But that's not what he's asking. He's just mm-hmm. saying, "I would like to be with this woman who I love, and her response is, "Step into the chamber that removes your powers." mm mm. I don't like it. And
0: of course, he makes that decision very quickly without consultation with anyone, including this woman including he loves.
1: Lois. And nor nor do we really parse the issue here, which is I am the protector of the earth. And if I make this decision, <laughs> surely nothing bad will ever happen that I will regret not being able to stop because I'm Superman. There's not even a chance. There, there's a chance for kind of a moral uh, dilemma here. None. There's None. Just right, because he was given that when
0: he went to the Fortress of Solitude in the first place, he was basically given this great commission. This is why you exist. This is why you're here on Earth. And whether it's because Marlon Brando isn't there to reinforce it or whatever, it's like, it. oh, you you don't want your powers anymore? Okay, honey, just get in the in the Fortress, and then you can be with Lois.
3: Marlon Brando would never have let that happen. That's all I'm <laughs> right? saying. Because mm-hmm. no, the so the so the big problem I have with that, um, aside from no reasons given. Right. The whole thing. She And and they repeat this multiple times in the scene. You know, if you step into that chamber, there is no going back. You will lose them forever. There is no way to reverse this. Nothing you can do will reverse this. And eventually, I mean, you know, it's Superman. He's going to have to get his powers back. Um, No explanation as to how he did it. Just you know, all of a sudden he it's shows because up because a
2: green crystal landed underneath Lois's bag and therefore I, did not I get blown guess. up while the thing went. Yeah. Psh, psh, psh,
1: psh, psh. I, I guess. But, yeah, but they do it but, off a screen, mm. and the original idea was the, apparently the original idea uh, from from the, uh, the 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 Donner cut was that a jor was going to appear and do the like reach out with his finger and touch him and like. Oh right, right, right. Um, the, the-
3: dawn of man or yes whatever. but
1: they're not they're not mm-mm. they no no Marlon Brando again yes. he will take Tennessee do that so we can't allow that and so it's never so i just i feel like I feel like, one, this is a missed opportunity for the movie. Um, it's never explained. And here's here's missed opportunity number two. When they get back to civilization, or what passes for it, a diner with a mean truck driver. By um, walking,
0: apparently. But
1: Yes, they discover. I was going to say, that's the, the greatest
0: super feat of the whole movie, is that after he's lost his powers, well, they manage they, to walk all the way from the Arctic to Canada. this diner. Well, they, they, they get, get a, car a car at some
3: point.
1: Well, yes, but they even drive so, drive
3: up to the diner. But it, where was the car? They road,
1: stole it. Ice road truckers uh, helped them out. And mm-hmm. and um, also, I think it's like uh, like Elf, right? Like he walks all the way from the North Pole and he's just, you know, this the yeah. swirly, whirly gumdrops. And, and uh, they're dressed
0: appropriately for Northern Canada until, you know,
1: take, oh, it's fine. Take a ride on a narwhal. You're fine. You're, you'll get there. So all of those this, things happen. This is why Niagara Falls wasn't cold. And this leads to my even more frustration with this story, which is they find out that Zod and company have come to Earth and have have reduced the you know had the president has knelt, has knelt before Zod, in, in in a in a fun scene that I really like, and Terrence Stamp is great as Zod, and 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 he's just a he's mm-hmm. just taking kind of delight in being a bad guy, um, but there's no it happens instantaneously. It's literally like, what a unfortunate coincidence that the one moment that you decided to give up your powers was literally the moment when three Kryptonians came to Earth and Mm -hmm. took it over. Wow. (laughs) Bad luck for you. And I can't help but thinking, wouldn't this have been a more interesting movie if Lois and Clark had been given time together Mm -hmm. so that he would have to have a horrible sacrifice to make in order... To give up his humanity and become Superman. What if, for example, and I'm just spitballing here, the whole idea was that Lois's memory of him as Superman would be erased when he went into the chamber and that it would be erased again. The memory of their time together would be erased or something like that. A horrible sacrifice is what I'm saying. What if there was more of a sacrifice here? But instead, they like the worst sacrifices that they had to take that ride from the ice road truckers and they had to walk a long way. (laughs)
2: And my my uh, speaking of the sacrifices itself, my uh, my big an- well okay one of my annoyances was when they get to the the truck stop and that guy is giving him grief. Like previous to this, uh, Clark Kent had been kind of clumsy and he was maybe not quite as bright as uh, as a Superman. But whenever Superman was Superman, he seemed like he had it together. He he had been learning things on the entire trip, all the way from Krypton That's to right. here, and suddenly like he knows he has given up his powers because he wants to be with Lois and they walked all that way right. or drove and they get hit there and this guy starts giving him grief and he he challenges him to a fight like suddenly superman is holding the stupid ball and there's no good reason <laughs> yes. for it because yeah right. okay he's not superman anymore we're we're part of your powers like the ability to <laughs> rationalize and like reason i don't know right. it was weird
0: and and by the way i believe that erica has adopted the Susanna york pronunciation of krypton rather than krypton, krypton. i did that on purpose yes <laughs> i'm <laughs> glad you did
1: <laughs> i saw everybody in the it's, first movie too right it's it's mm-hmm. oregon not oregon right it's oregon right. yeah only the outsiders say oregon or krypton yeah
2: i'm i'm I'm, I'm, I'm hip with the, uh, the it's, King, King, Lingo. It's, <laughs> okay, it's, it's all
1: King King Con. Forget it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. It's like it, Clark being a bumbler was an act. Um, mm-hmm. does the red sun turn him into an actual bumbler? I kind of don't believe that does it does. It, it, yeah. I, I think the movie hasn't really thought it through and maybe Christopher Reeve and his director or directors didn't really kind of think through yeah. the like, what is post red or post red sun removal, yellow sun and removal, whatever it is. Uh, Clark slash Superman. What, who is he? Who is that guy? Because he doesn't act like Superman or Clark, right, in, in picking that fight right. and, and getting beat up. And it would be important up. to sort that out
0: because, Lo- you know, the, the tension earlier in the movie is that Lois is in love with Superman, but she's interacting with Clark. Yes. So who is she in love with? Yes. And is she in love with this third person?
1: Right. And that, that, that's what Lauren said while we were watching. And she was like, wait a second. You're in love with Superman and the solution is to kill Superman so only
2: Clark Kent remains? What? And she literally says, I want the man I fell in love with. And we're just like, oh, ouch um, so and ouch, this is, mortal guy
1: so like and this is what i say i actually i, I like i like the details i like the moral dilemma yep. i like all of that it's the it's these it's the execution it's the execution that kills yep. me because it's like this is such a great idea for a story of a sacrifice and giving what would you give up uh, either you either need to give up being a hero and helping people in order to find love or you need to give up love in order to be a hero. It's a very, dare I say it, Spider-Man kind of tension there. That's
0: exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking it was very Spider-Man. Also, the thing is, I think it would be super interesting. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, sorry. Gotta quit doing that. I think it would be <laughs> very interesting to see Superman as Superman wrestling with that dilemma before he makes a sacrifice because yes. we see how Lois mm-hmm. feels about Superman, but we don't really know how Lois. Uh, Superman feels about Lois other than he's protective of her to the exclusion of many other people especially in the first movie <laughs> but but does what does love mean for Superman why is he willing to give it up for Lois
1: yeah yeah especially since he he's taken great pride in being the protector of the people of the earth and he knows that by doing this lots of people are going to die who would not have otherwise died um so it's it's quite a yeah the whole thing is is a little bit baffling and yet such a great it's one of these things where it really it comes down to the pitch for this movie is a great pitch and then the detail work in the storyline kind mm-hmm. of invalidates so much of the pitch that it's too bad I, um, at I mean, every at every turn, at every turn like
2: just from the very beginning, like I think it was a great idea to do some of the previously on, but the execution completely right. fails <laughs> well
3: uh, and, you know on on the writing side, you have Mario Puzo again, who
1: I don't think quite gets
3: comic books, yeah, he and wrote then, apparently
1: like a five hundred page screenplay, and then they brought in ah, the yeah. they brought in the um the Newmans. To right. rewrite him, and then they brought and then Tom right, Mankiewicz. They brought in Tom Mankowitz as creative consultant because he didn't get a script credit, but he's the one who who ended up writing the scripts for these films. And, and he wrote some of the not
3: great Roger Moore Bond Indeed. films, which <laughs> he you know, did. that's what he's famous for. Yeah, that's why that Paris
1: thing feels so Bondy.
3: Well, I, I swear Clifton James is in this as a sheriff. I think he's supposed to be the sheriff that was in Live and Let Die and the Man with the Golden Gun, which sense. Mankiewicz wrote. <laughs>
1: It's very peculiar. I do, again... I enjoy General Zod and and the the villain kind yeah, of buildup. They're I, great. I, I like the and scene. Ursa is great. I like the scene in uh, in the western town. I like the scene. I like the guy in the boat who watches them and just is like, I'm just going to stay in my boat. <laughs> <Right>? I, think, <laughs> I think they're they're great. Uh,
0: care inhabiting the characters. I think their dialogue is funny. Yes. Uh, you know, both to yeah. each other and to the humans that these. And it's you know, it's it's campy and silly and ridiculous, which you know we we could talk about sort of how that goes through the whole movie but i think in terms of the way those villains appear and everything that they do the performances and the writing of their dialogue it's it's great i love
1: it yeah i also like um i like how lex Luthor is used in this movie first off he <laughs> well he just, he he escapes from prison on a on a a balloon flown by miss Tessmacher, but they leave poor ned Beatty behind in a fat joke he's too fat he holds Yuck. down the he holds he's, down the he's balloon. ballast uh, anyway, I mean, but that is how they treat poor Otis throughout all of these movies. So, so be it. Anyway, he, they go and they find the the Fortress of Solitude and they kind of uh, pilfer it and they look around it and all that. But what I what I really like about Lex Luthor is that he shows up. At uh, at the White House for General Zod, and is like I can help you out, and they're like kill him. He's like no no no, I got a plan, and he does this fast talking thing, and he's like I can get you Superman. I know who Superman likes. He's 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 the son of jor and they're like oh I need my revenge on jor and he's like yes yes you do right. Like he's <laughs> he's just he's just trying to d- do whatever he can. He knows he's playing a very dangerous game with three people who could just rip him apart if they wanted to. But like this is what Lex is good at is he does the fast talking and and it leads to that moment at the end of the movie where Superman <laughs> says to Lex, you've got to get him into the thing here because we can turn <laughs> him back into human knowing that Lex is going to immediately betray him. Uh, which he does, and then but he's reversed the polarity of the neutron flow. So now the red light comes on the outside instead of the inside. And and Lex afterward is like, oh, you know, and I know that I was going to betray you. It was all part of the. It's just like, that is <laughs> to me, that is like really good use of Lex Luthor and of Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor. And I like him way better in this movie than, I mean, yes. I, he's fine in the first movie, but here, because he's so Weasley, I, I kind of love it.
0: I famously did not like him in the first movie, and that was one of the first criticisms that I mentioned. In this movie, I really do like him, and one of the reasons I do is that for Lex Luthor to work, he has to have gizmos and gadgets and things and plans and stuff. He has none of that in this movie. He's escaped from prison. Somehow he manages to get a suit, and he manages to go all over to the places (laughs) he needs to go, including the Fortress of Solitude.
1: And he gets hair. Ice road truckers. uh, Right, but he's just a (laughs) middle-aged
0: guy with a good line, and he's fighting these three... Superheroes, four superheroes, really. Yeah, and he manages to stay alive through it, which is really entertaining. He does have
2: one gizmo, though. He's got the the thing that he somehow managed to build <laughs> to build while he oh, was his Black in Box. prison right? So oh, his yeah. hologram so,
3: generator. Yeah. And, but he also has <laughs> the thing that, that detects too. the alpha waves. Oh yes, yeah, yeah that's, right. yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, Superman detector. In in the first movie, he's just not a compelling villain.
1: He's just no, goofy. He's not. I, he's I just really a, hated him in the first movie. He's just a goofy guy with a real estate scheme, right?
2: He's not really a compelling villain here either. He's really just like he's the comic relief and I feel like I I didn't like him a ton in this movie because like it just went a little bit too far because he is so high on his own supply that he just (laughs) believes that he can't, which, I mean, I guess that's why he shows up and
0: how he gets there in the
2: first place. That's what you have
0: to do to become a supervillain. I mean, think about it.
2: Just so much, like so close, so close. If If they, and I don't mean he, like Hackman's fine. It's just if they would have sort of dialed it down just a titch, I think it would have been perfect for me. It was just, it was just a little too much.
3: Yeah, like it, it was, it was too much for me, but I, I like him in this because he's not the villain. He's he's, he's not. on the peripheries and, exactly. and you need
1: a real villain he's, to face Superman. He's like, let me help the villains out. And you're like, wait, yeah. wait, wait. And yeah, the wait. villains
0: don't need him. And he's trying <laughs> no. to find himself a place. He's trying to stay alive, but he's also trying to f- find a place for himself in this villain hierarchy. <laughs> President he's essentially of Australia. Otis in this movie, or less than Otis, because <laughs> he's, you know, following the round, Mr. Villain, Mr. Villain. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous, this, and I
1: love it. Honestly, the the moment, I I, d- I dearly love the moment where Zod finally sees his worth and says, so king of australia or whatever he says president yes, of australia. Right. Yep. he's like and, and lex is like finally <laughs> right <laughs> i broke i got through to him it's a it's a it's a very good moment um yeah i think so i mean i like this movie i think uh, i think it is better than the first one i i just am so bugged by the missed opportunities to have some uh really good like a modern Look, uh, we talked about how these are some of the earliest superhero movies and they led to movies that led to movies that led to now when we they're all superhero movies. Um, this is one where a modern... Version of this movie probably does this right. I mean, Spider Man Two is kind of a modern version of this movie a little bit. Yeah, like oh, it, yeah. it's a it's got that similar kind of like uh like a pathos to it and the the torment of the of the hero and all of that. It's a little different, but it's a similar kind of thing. And it and so yeah, they it's a mess and they don't get there. But there's a lot of stuff like uh, that they're dealing with these issues at all and that he has to make a choice and he has to make a sacrifice and there's that sad moment at the end where Lois. Magically through a magic kiss, I guess not also not explained. Doesn't remember anything about it. Um, however, the fight, uh, Whenever these people are fighting, it's super boring because they're all super people. <laughs> just like in Man of Steel, where Superman fights Zod, and it's boring because they're both perfect mm-hmm. and therefore can never do anything but destroy everybody who isn't them. But So move it underground. Yeah. And then
2: it's hilarious. that's hilarious. Yeah.
1: I did. That is kind of an inspired moment where everybody goes I underground and the people are just standing there as the ground rumbles.
3: <laughs> that's a way better way to do it than right? having just punch, punch, punch each other. That's, that's fun. Yeah, I, I have in my notes. You'll believe that three men
1: and a woman can fly again and again and again and again. (laughs) The flying is not as graceful as it is in the first movie, either. No. No.
0: It is interesting during the fight how many implements they all have to use. Because, you know, if you're going at each other with Mm. all the super beings, you have to have, you know... Giant uh, uh, edifices of some kind that you can throw at one another, right. or hit it at each other with. Right, it's like the which part is part. kind is of it, interesting, like but like it makes it, it look really clumsy. But yeah, like, right. Like it's it it's it's clever in the sense that you're like, well, how would super people fight? I guess this is one way they would, but it ends up being clumsy. And I think that, and I'm somebody who cannot comment intelligently on on special effects or their quality. But you know, all this is fake, and it looks fake, and to me, <laughs> even, and it's just <laughs> fakey, fake fakie, mc McFakerson. It's yep. it's bad.
3: Yeah, You know, it's funny, I I had such fond memories of it, but like I said, I haven't seen it since 1980. And when I watched the trailer the other night, and I I just got that sort of
1: cold feeling in the pit of my
3: stomach. It's like, oh, oh no. No,
1: no, it's much more interesting when they get to the Fortress of Solitude and it's a mental game, right? Which I think is the whole idea with this is how do you take, okay, you've got super villains who are invulnerable and perfect and you have a superhero who's invulnerable and perfect and you can see as a writer <laughs> them looking at this and mm-hmm. going like what do I do with this and the answer is what they did right they they make the super it's a good answer they, they make Superman give up his powers for for the woman he loves and then he has to like he has to go through a trial in order to get it back there's the whole uh like the mental game that happens at the end where they're like oh we're gonna we're gonna uh get our revenge on Jor-El by, by turning you into a human and making you our slave and all that and he he outwits them right because they they punch each other it just goes on forever but he can outwit them they use they do use the people of the daily planet as hostages but that's sort of like how would you get superman to do what you want like that that stuff i find really interesting the obligatory and not very like in the marvel movies you have the obligatory fight scenes and the dc <laughs> movies even all the marvel super or modern superhero movies are like that and they can be real boring right erica <laughs> It just just gets to punchy punchy. But when it's Mm -hmm. when there are emotional stakes, then you're like, oh, right. Yeah, that's why I care about these these characters. And this movie has... It's it's again. It's dawning on this movie as as it's being written. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> this is how we do this. And so that last moment with with Lex and he's like, no, Lex, uh, we got to get him into the thing. Uh, that's a better kind of like battle because of course the 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 bad guys are then led to their defeat by Lex. Also they all just kind of get pushed off into oblivion and they're never like do they live in the yeah, basement of the Fortune of solitude probably,
0: now? Yeah. What happens right are they dead? What is dead for super well,
3: people? If they're mortal. Know. They're mortal now, so Maybe?
1: Or, or are they just, maybe. Do we know that? Or are they just hanging down and hanging around in the basement? I don't know. We don't.
3: No. But we don't
1: know. I mean there is
0: there are more Superman movies. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so here's the thing that that bothered me about that uh and and then the eventual amnesia ending. Uh, is that, you know, okay, so he's reversed the polarity and the red sun of Krypton affects everyone in the rest of the fortress instead of him. So, yeah, it affects the Kryptonians. What does it do to the two humans? What if that had caused Lois's amnesia? that would be something that makes sense. Again,
2: I mean certainly better than a non-consensual mind wipe. Why do all exactly. of these you alien yeah. men I... from other planets have to keep non-consensually mind wiping their <laughs> female companions that I like?
1: <laughs> her her brain just couldn't retain it. <sighs> uh, the 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 awesome, I mean again, yes, if that had all happened at the Fortress of Solitude, but I I suspect we've got a when did the reshoots happen? reason here yes. which is why that happens at the daily planet in her office instead of being like the fallout and also again erica you said non-consensual mm-hmm. this is, this is maybe one of those things where there could be some emotional personal drama in uh-huh. him saying lois you can't know that i'm superman and her agreeing to it tearfully that would be a totally right totally lois
0: yeah. lane kind of moment I
2: Right? Would. That that would absolutely
0: Mm-hmm. And then they can have the whole conversation about his choice and why he's making it. And she could even participate in and that agree. choice with him. Yes. yes.
3: yeah. And, and that scene, as it is, does have some great dialogue and, and just sure. a great yeah. connection between them. But that would be so much better.
1: Right. Right. You know. and, and again, yep. it's it's all about the execution. Like the idea, I think the ideas in Superman 2 are top notch, like superhero movie ideas. I really do. I think that, mm-hmm. I, and and my memory of it, honestly, again, like the first movie, a little bit is that I suppressed all the details that that don't work, <laughs> and I just remembered the arc, and then I watched it, and I was like, oh right. It doesn't actually make sense, <laughs> even though the, there are so many good bits in it. And and I, I I after we did the Superman episode, I heard from people who are like, oh, you just don't like it because it's old or whatever, which is like, there are lots of movies made around this time that are in a very similar genre that are great and, and hold up and Superman did not. And this mm-hmm. is similar, but I will say this. They didn't know how to make superhero movies back then. They were new. Like, how do you even try to make a superhero movie? And Superman 1... The archetype is one of those really boring origin story movies that, spent, that, that thinks, hey, everybody loves the superhero. So rather than telling a story about them, we'll tell the story about how they came to be. We don't want to see it. We don't want to see it. We just want to see the superhero. Superman 2, though, is like in its plot synopsis, it's a good superhero movie. It really it, it gets it. It's in the execution where a lot of the details are like missed opportunities that kind of fall apart. But it was one of the first. So I get it.
2: I do want to see the, the origin story. I love origin story movies and I don't <laughs> care who knows it. Um, but I, I, as we talked about last time, I was bummed about how poorly they did with the origin story, so we didn't re- really even get it. So I do feel like this is a better movie. Superman 2 holds together as a movie. It has a beginning, it has a middle, it has an end, it has a plot, as opposed to everything like, you know, feeling like three different bits of a <laughs> uh, of a serial shoved together like the first movie. But I feel like I cared about this one less. And I think that that does boil down to the execution because I just couldn't quite buy in to the things that I did care about because the reasoning just wasn't wasn't quite there. I, I enjoyed the, like the bad guys are so fun in this movie. It's so much better than Lex Luthor in the previous movie even though I liked him better in the previous movie. It's just it, there's it's it's really complicated how up and down my feelings about these two movies go because I think this is a better movie, but I think I cared about the first one more because the bits uh, that I that I remembered from the first time I saw them that I remembered, uh, I think I think they are higher than the heights that this movie reaches when it's even at its best.
3: And and I don't know uh, if it's because of the reshoots or or how they had to reconfigure things. Um, this. As I was watching it this time, it felt like an outline for a really good movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that's, we have to yes. get to this point and this point and this point and this happens and this happens and this happens. And there's no there. But but it's but it's it's strangely attenuated. So it's you have these it races through plot points and then it does these long interminable fights and then. I, and Racing I, through more I, plot.
1: And I can't say, because this is a giant studio picture with an enormous budget and it's a sequel and there were lots of you know, contracts and we can't use Brando and all of those things <laughs> and we replaced the director. I can't say for sure, but I think Richard Lester is part of the problem. I think some of yes. these performances aren't very good compared to the original movie. I think that the way it's shot feels flat. Um, I just think they... I think the producers thought they could just replace everybody and it would be fine, and it wasn't fine. It was not fine.
0: My way of watching these movies is to watch and then read what I'm going to read afterwards. Mm -hmm. So I knew that there was some controversy about the directors from having read about Superman 1, but I did not read all of the back and forth in the production and blah, blah, blah Hmm. until after I'd seen this. So my perspective on the movie that I watched is that It doesn't feel like a sequel to the first movie, and that's fine with me. It feels like, despite all the connective tissue and the previously on and all of that stuff, I think about this movie really differently than I think about the first movie because they're So different. This is a comic book movie and there's nothing wrong with that. The other one was this and this movie at the same time, this movie, as Jason said, is about something. It has ideas. And I find that really interesting that they managed to put those two things together despite what you, you know, what is clearly very uneven filmmaking. I think what's missing in terms of character in the second movie is some of the sort of charm and whimsy of the developing Christopher Reeve, uh, Margot Kidder relationship in the first movie, and th- they're good performances. But for this in the second movie, but they're just different. I just I just don't see these movies as part of the same thing, despite the Roman numeral num- nomenclature. Mm. And I enjoyed this movie just as a piece of entertainment. I don't have any issues with any of the criticisms that any of you guys have raised, or, or certainly my own, but. It was fun. Yeah. I kind of I kind of yeah. liked it. Oh, yeah. I had more fun, even though I was less hard on the first movie than you, than you guys were, uh, I had more fun watching this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it was that it's a villain's, you know, the, the old cliche of villains you love to hate, right? Well, in this movie, I enjoyed hating those villains and they were charming and they had great dialogue and they also were malevolent. Yeah. You were, you know, legitimately scared that, you know, they had the ability to do something bad to our hero, right? So... It, it it was it was enjoyable and then you actually read all the stuff about uh, Lester and Donner and going back and forth and who wrote it and who did this and who did that and i got exhausted reading all that i was like yeah. i'm i enjoyed the movie much more before i knew all those details
1: yeah <laughs> i i think i only knew about it in vague in vague terms but it does seem a little a little lifeless to me knowing that they were originally shot together and then reshot and and maybe it's just a matter of reshooting and then having to use stuff that the previous director shot because some of the actors didn't come back like that it feels a little bit weird tonally and it just feels flatter you're right shelly it doesn't feel like the first movie which is funny since it was sort of originally mounted as one production and i think that goes back to the they changed directors and i i don't think that this director at least that's my gut feeling is that the 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 act the performances aren't quite as sharp and the, the the movie itself just isn't quite as sharp. But I also think it's a better movie. I enjoyed it more. I think it's got a lot of flaws, but it feels to me more like a complete movie. Whereas, like Erica said, the first movie is sort of these three different things all kind of shoved together. And as I like... I like origin stories fine, Erica. It's just that sometimes I feel like the origin story movies missed the idea. This all comes back to the fact that they kept remaking the Spider-Man origin. It's like, we know you don't need to do it again. It's not the best Spider-Man story. You don't need to tell it again. Like I love unbreakable, which is literally an origin story of a superhero where the plot twist is that you don't know. Sorry. Spoilers for unbreakable. You don't know till the end that it's a spoiler or, or that it's an origin story of a superhero. That's the whole point. It's like, Oh, I was watching an origin story all along. I love it when it's told. Well, But like that first movie, it's like part this, it's a sci-fi origin. And then it's like a kid and then the kid leaves and then we're in a different movie. And this is, more uh, more coherent in a lot of ways feels Very. like the plot of a modern superhero movie and then the execution isn't there so you're like alright well I'll just enjoy the stuff with Kitter and Reeve who still have chemistry and I'll enjoy Lex Luthor being a con man mm. and I'll enjoy the three villains wearing black and just scowling and saying ridiculous things because they're a lot of fun and E.G. Marshall has what a toupee as the president oh, of the United <laughs> States what is that mm. about? It's just, there's a lot of fun stuff in this movie and, and there's some good jimmy olsen and perry white stuff in there like it's a it's i think it's a good movie even though there are parts of it that make me so mad because there's a better movie here that 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 they didn't make because they made these weird choices and and if you watch those early scenes of the
3: daily planet with clark and lois and you watch that last scene with clark and lois they feel much more like the first movie relationship there's there's more of that 70s movies robert altman talking over one another um those scenes
1: are not like anything else in the movie. Yeah, it's really fascinating. It's it is it's a it's a. I mean, so. look, movies, commercial studio movies with giant budgets. There are lots of reasons why they are the way they are. It's a miracle that any of them are any good, honestly. And <laughs>
3: and so the the thing that makes me agree that uh, Lester is probably a large part of the problem is that you know he came in on this as a journeyman. Uh, he was in charge of Superman three from the start and wow, that's a terrible movie. And you know, the first end credit is coming soon. Superman three is like, is that a, is that a threat?
1: (laughs) Stop it.
2: Stop. Yeah. I don't think I'd go so far as to say that this is a good movie, Um, but at least it is a movie, which I feel like the first one kind of failed on a a a bit. So uh, I, I think that, that, this movie put in context is is actually pretty good because you know as we've said this this was very 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 early days for superhero movies and i think they you know the execution wasn't great but the the overall idea this one feels much more like a superhero movie so i i just feel to this and the first movie a, a deep well of gratitude for for you know they it's not that they walked so the avengers could run superman flew so that the avengers could fly
1: even more i guess all right so superman flew so that batman could drive so that spider-man could swing so that the avengers could all stand there and glower as the camera moved around them (laughs)
3: and and you know speaking of origin movies how many times do we have to see martha wayne's pearls fly through the air
1: Ah, speaking it. of origins yes oh you know batman's interesting i wonder how he came to be we know we know yeah, no idea yeah we've we've seen it batman we, we, began we already we, we, we you're gonna have to do it again yeah i just saw oppenheimer and it's like you know we know where oppenheimer came from i don't need his origin story again Jeez, he, he came from barbie <laughs> land um is it good like i liked it i liked it but um i am also frustrated by it i think is what i would say about this movie i i um I don't know. I don't know. Um, now, we another weird thing that I wanted to mention here, just since we're talking about Superman 2, is the existence of Superman Returns, uh, which is a movie that I kind of like. I haven't and, seen it And yet. it is interesting because it is a, do they call them side now? I don't even know. It is a movie from 2006. This is the Brandon Routh Superman movie, Superman Returns, which I'm excited didn't do very well, but like I I kind of liked it. But the the premise of Superman Returns is essentially let's forget about Superman three and Superman four duh, and Supergirl done, no problem, uh, and instead mm-hmm. let's do a sequel to Superman two, and that's fascinating, right? Like because the next two movies in this in this series or or three if you include uh, the Supergirl movie, not that good. They're not so good. They're like, these are the gems folks.
0: (laughs) It gets worse. It gets way worse from
1: here. The Superman returns an interesting idea to say like, we love those first two super movies, Superman movies. Mm -hmm -hmm." Anyway, let's do something that has that kind of vibe. And, um, I I'm fascinated by that, that, that somebody said, let's just wind it back to Superman two and go from there instead of, uh, talking about those other movies or rebooting the series as they eventually did. They made this one movie that is, uh, uh just picked off of, of Superman 2. I'm I'm fascinated by it. I kinda wanna do an episode about it. Um however I'm also creeped out a little bit by the fact that it's a Brian Singer movie that 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 stars Kevin Spacey.
0: Oh dear. No
2: so oh,
1: I didn't know much. Kevin
2: Spacey was <laughs> in it. I was so excited about like Ren Routh is so great. Oh yeah now so I'm it's perhaps torn. that's appropriate. It,
1: it's too. it's a director and an actor with uh, serious sexual assault charges against mm-hmm. them in the movie and it's like, uh, I don't like, mm, but I do kind of like it, but I'm not sure I want to cast a spotlight on it. But, uh, but I am fascinated by the idea that it literally is like, Hey, what, what if we literally made a sequel to Superman two forget about Superman three and four. What if we just did that? And they cast Brandon Routh, who's I think a pretty good Superman. Um, and, and, uh, and, and they explore the Lois and Clark relationship, which goes to some interesting, uh, Interesting places, and James Marsden is in it as a as a uh, as Lois's boyfriend, and it's like, oh, jealousy. Okay, there's yeah.
2: there's another one in the pro
1: column, right? <laughs> like I'm weighing it back and forth. Uh, Parker Posey's <laughs> in a Frank Langella is, and it's actually it's mm-hmm. a good cast. It's like uh, maybe Erica, maybe we'll watch it. Maybe we'll watch it. I haven't mm-hmm. seen it. I'd probably join in It's an interesting idea, but it's from 2006, so they literally it was it was 26 years later. They're like, remember mm-hmm. that 26 year old movie? Let's do that. Like, okay. <laughs> Let's do sure. that. Let's see what happens. So fascinating that it lived in the minds of those filmmakers to the point where they where they picked up the gauntlet from Superman 2 and we're like, forget all those other movies. We're going back to Superman 2 and we're going to start there. Uh and it's interesting. Interesting idea anyway. Any final thoughts about Superman 2 before we wrap this one up?
0: I just like that it had both ideas and comic book aspects and that, yes, they, you know, despite sure. the many flaws in the mm-hmm. movie, mm-hmm. they seem to work well and it neither seemed to overwhelm the other. And that's that, you know, that's a little bit difficult to do, especially given the writing uh, issues that this movie had, given the number of people whose whose paw prints were on it one way or another. So and as I say, it was it was just it's a fun movie, despite all its many troubles.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I, I had, I came off of the last movie being like, I didn't like that movie. I don't think that movie was very good. I did not have that feeling with Superman too. It was like, I have lots of issues with this movie, but I enjoyed it. And I, you know, I, I, I had a fun time watching it. Um, somebody in the chat room pointed out, by the way, and I think this is right. Um, the fact that Superman as Superman goes back to the diner and beats up the mean trucker. No, I love that. I was I love just going to bring that up. It, it, Erica, <laughs> he gets his comeuppance and that's fun, but also, su- like, is that that's, Superman? That's not... I no, mean, honestly, that's not to me, I felt Voice like guy. that
2: was that was, and and again, this is this is sort of head but the the idea that being human for a while actually changed him and infected him as Superman, so that he was left with enough pettiness to be able to go back <laughs> and teach that guy a lesson. Oh. Which I mean, in the end, that is like that is doing something for the greater good because he kill that him. guy is that well, that guy has been harassing
0: people yes. for a long time at, at diner
2: and. Superman goes back The and only arm is to the to...
0: owner of the diner who I wish Clark would have like left a lot of a lot of 20s or something. Well, yeah, sorry, he did. He did. He handed he did. him a wad of he
1: cash. He handed over a, oh,
0: okay. a huge wad of cash. Oh yeah
1: yeah. He was like this is for good, the
3: damage sir. Good on you sir. Clark. <laughs> good on you. And the mm-hmm. waitress yeah. grabs it out of the, the cook's hand. Yeah
2: right. Yes which is funny. So like, I feel like yeah. the, the you know Superman being the straight up Superman who's not petty would still want to go back and make sure that that guy is not a threat to the people around him anymore. So that's cool. And i uh, the f- yes, I can absolutely understand people having uh, an issue with the petty and violent way that he does it. And to me, I uh, the reason that it worked for me is because he spent part of this movie and, uh, you know, the most emotional part of it for him, I think, happened in this diner, right. discovering the fact that he was not invulnerable anymore, which, again that doesn't make any sense but that's the way it happened I in the know. movie so so he's he he's going back to the place where that happened and sort of like this is his catharsis from that so he's sm-
1: he's still sort of like poisoned by his humanity yeah. in this moment yep. he's he hasn't shook he hasn't shaken off all of the stink of being an ape <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> see the the Just thing enough. that bugged
3: me about it is it's kind of a weird placement because you want Clark and Lois to have the emotional beat that's the end of the movie, right? They're the important characters. This guy isn't important. But well, what if, you know, you can you can keep him going back and being petty? You could actually have him go back and threaten and scare the guy without actually beating him up or causing any damage. That would have been interesting. But or or to get close to causing damage and that's when he realizes, "Oh, I'm I'm not quite sure. right." And Lois can't This isn't right for Lois either, and I have to go back and fix that. I think that might have been a better... Placement? I, don't know. I don't know, but yeah, it it, it bugs me because he's the big blue boy scout. Right, he's
1: supposed to just be good, and and yeah, Erica's yeah. headcanon is very much like, well, he was still it's a headcanon. little bad because he was still a little bit human and he hadn't worked all that yeah. out yet. And uh, Steve in the chat room who mentioned this uh, does not accept your headcanon, cannon, Erica. So that's just <laughs> that is entirely <laughs> fair. <That's fine.
2: laughs>
1: Absolutely. Any, anything else about yeah. Superman Two? We haven't done.
2: Yeah, my final thought is that like just just the act of talking about this, as as often happens, has sort of I think crystallized for me. I this is not my era of movie making. I was interested in sort of seeing how this era took on superheroes. So that's that's why I'm here. And um, I was kind of bored. <laughs> through a lot of this movie like it just I recognize that it's 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 not as as janky as the first one but I just kind of didn't care enough and I was sort of you know looking at my watch being like is this movie still going and I didn't do that as much in the first movie and I I only just now realized the reason for that is because the first movie kept changing what it was doing and I felt like I was watching a new movie every 25 minutes or something like that. So I found it sort of less boring, but I still think this is a better movie. Um, however, I don't actually want to watch either one of them ever,
3: ever again. <laughs> well, and I, I think oh. Donner is a more interesting director visually and Lester. Lester is maybe a little more uh, cerebral depending on some of his films. Uh, I don't think he ever should have directed a superhero film, mm. but you know, um, cause yeah, I, I, it does not hold up to my memories of it. I did enjoy it. I still kind of like it, but it's not the oh, this was the great film I saw the summer of nineteen eighty. Yeah, mm, I think well, I saw better films.
1: I had so many, so many feelings about that, uh, about the first movie, and and I just. It is so much, I have so many fewer of those feelings about this movie, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, this one, I feel like lived up to my memory a lot more than the first one did.
3: Mm. Yeah, the, I mean, the first one, I remember enjoying it a lot when I did watch it a couple of years ago. I was like, all right, you know, and yeah, it's it's like three parts of a season of TV, um, but, but I didn't look away, right? I was watching it. Whereas this... I had my phone out. I was looking things up. I went in the kitchen and made dinner for a few minutes for, for one of the boys. Um, you know, it didn't hold me, but I
1: like it. I like right. because it's the it's the dialogue, it's not the visual. Yeah, and, and, and some of the me. actors and the and the yeah, the stuff with the, the villains is is fun. They're just fun. It's it's like to have villains who are interesting and not just and, and and yeah, they're weird. They don't really understand because they're aliens, and they and and they behave strangely, and they don't care. And then they get the idea that oh, Jarell's son. Aha, revenge! Right? Like they're all just <laughs> they're very weird and heightened and and fun in a way that um again, not to impress our like modern superhero sensibilities, but I feel like we've learned over the years of what makes a good superhero movie villain and a bad superhero movie yeah. villain. And boring is what you don't want to be, and mm-hmm, they are yeah. not boring.
3: And but, but then <laughs> even then it's like okay, let's have this long sequence where they're flying with Lex and Lois to the, the Fortress of Solitude and they're still flying and oh yeah, they're well, now they're flying over
1: more boring. terrain and it's boring. They're still flying. They look we hired a helicopter, we yeah. gotta use it. <laughs> yeah, we gotta use it. We got all this location footage. We spent all of that. all right that is going to wrap up uh superman 2 although yeah maybe we'll make a little pact and we'll watch superman returns and we'll just be apologetic about who made it uh i don't know i'm sort of fascinated to go revisit that now anyway uh that will be for another time i would like to thank my panelists for being on this episode and uh and uh taking me taking me with them on this uh journey to superman 2 two straight superman movies uh wow Uh, eric ansign thank you for being here.
2: I'm glad to be here. I think I'm going to have to
1: go and get some
2: KFC fries now.
1: (laughs) Okay. It's because of Mm -hmm. that product placement. Uh, Sorry,
2: sorry. Kentucky
1: Fried Chicken. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Just stay away from the Marlboros. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. You got it. (laughs) David J. Lohr, thank you. Finally, President of Australia. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Of all places. And it's out of the way. And Shelley Brisbane, thank you.
0: Thank you. Uh, Somebody just came up to me and gave me a kiss. And now I don't remember the last hour. Oh, <laughs> oh
1: no. it's all for the best. Don't worry. Don't you worry about it. We, it's all for the best. We we have mm. your interests at heart here. We made the yeah. decision for well, you, but God we have your that. interests at heart. Indeed. Mm-hmm. All right, and thanks to everybody out there for listening to this episode of The Incomparable. We will see you next time.